Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth, as we sit down with Pastor Stephen and discuss his weekly sermons. We are honored and thankful that you are listening, and we would ask you, no matter what social media platform that you're on, that you would like, share, comment, rate um, this podcast, so that way we can make sure that we get it where we need to. Um, again, we're just thankful that you're able to listen. Also, if you have questions concerning anything in the sermon or anything that comes through the discussion, you can submit those questions to podcast at highlandpark.org. Again, we thank you that you are listening. Please like and share, and we will see you soon. Well, welcome back to this week's podcast with Pastor Stephen as we look at Romans chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. And Pastor Stephen, you call this title, I'm sorry, you call this sermon, uh, you title it The Blessing of God's Love. And uh, you you make this statement to start off the sermon. One, you say the, the points that we're going to talk about, the things that we're going to hear today are very uh, simple points. We've all heard these many, many times. Uh, you even said that you know kids coming out of children's ministry could probably say these points. But you also say that once we grab a hold of these points, once we understand the blessing of God's love, man, then we're going to walk out of here so excited for just what God does and how he works. And uh, your first point, uh, straight out the straight out the the starting gate here is God knows who you are, and He loves you. Um, so why don't you why don't you expound on that? Like uh, the simplicity of Scripture is is a wonderful thing for us to understand and grab a hold of. But uh, God knows you, and He loves you. Well, and the point the point that I I, I tried to make was the weight of that statement. I mean, yeah, everybody knows God is love. God is love. God, there are people that will even, uh, they will use the very attribute of love for God as an excuse to do whatever they want to do. Well, you know, God loves me. So as a result of God loving me, God wants me to be happy. And this right here is what makes me happy. Right. So God loves me. And, you know, and so they, again, they use the very attributes of God to dive into uh, perpetual unrepentant sin. Well, when when you say God knows you and He still loves you, He still yeah. chooses to love you. I mean that's that's powerful because this is not just a statement to those that are in Christ. I mean this is a statement that there will there will never be a time where God loves you any less. Right. There will never be a time where God loves you any more. Which is weird for us because in our relationships there are times that we love more. There are times that we love less. Uh, because unfortunately, our love, for the most part, is conditional. God's love is unconditional. Uh, you know, that if if there was nothing but one word in the dictionary next to love, it should be God. Uh, because I would submit we we can't even know what true love is apart from God. Well, what is the highest form? God does not expect you to uh, pretend to be anything that you are not. No, he knows who you really are, and yet he loves you. Says nothing about who we are, says everything about who right. he is. And so the very simplicity uh, of a loving God, uh, us being um, unlovable people because we're selfish and you know, King Self is on the throne, and uh, we are unholy, and we are, you know, bound by sin, and all those characteristics that 
It's just a weighty statement. God knows you and God loves you. And and I like to say this as well, because I think there's a danger. Um, and I would encourage any parents, grandparents that are listening to the podcast, please, please, please don't ever make the statement to a child. Well, if you don't do this, then God's not going to love you. Yeah. Uh, or if you do this, then God will love you. No, no. God's love is not dependent upon our performance. He is love. Uh, and so it's just, he is overflowing with love for mankind uh, in general. And so it's just a, an abundance. He loves you, knows you, and he still, and he still loves you. Well, and I, I, I think the, and we've mentioned this several times before, like oftentimes in church, like we hear these things over and over again, like they're great promises and truths of scripture. We hear them, but I don't think a lot of times as the church, like we are as believers, we, we sit back and really focus on that and meditate on God's word and really just find this joy and this blessing that the God of the universe absolutely knows me like I, I think it's one of those things we overlook and we discount or we we just forget about it like well and we would never say this but in the church i think a lot of times we have this attitude of uh god loves me yes i get that but god loves them <laughs> wow that yeah. guy right there god loves that guy right there so yeah. that about the how powerful god's love is right. to love that guy right there and you know, if we're really looking in the mirror the way that uh, Scripture does, then no, we ought to be saying that about ourselves. Mm. I cannot believe yeah. that God loves me. Um, that there is not a, a one of us that can sit there and say, oh, "Hey, we're at the top of the food chain when it comes to God's love." Right. No, I mean, what a powerful yeah. statement to the character and the nature that sure. not one of us with flesh on deserves for Him to love us. Yet he does. Uh, and, you know, so, uh, yeah, I always want to always want to think of everybody else as being the dregs uh, <laughs> of society, the bottom of the barrel. Like, oh, wow, if you really only knew this God that loves you because you are, man, you're the bottom uh, of, of, of the world. And, uh, you know, I'm not better, but, uh, well, I'm a little better. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, just a powerful statement. Because again, th- I've had folks, Ryan, I've had folks say to me during the years, well, God can never love me because I did this or because uh, I had a guy tell me one time, you know, I, I was, when I first started preaching, I was, I, I, I would preach in prisons and uh, that is a, uh, and that's an eye-opening experience. But I would have guys say to me, hey, I heard what you said, and I appreciate what you said, but uh, God could never love me because I murdered this guy. Well, okay. But Jesus came along and said, if I've ever had hatred in my heart for someone, I'm guilty of murder as well. Yeah, the consequences of your murder versus the consequences yeah. of my hatred, well, probably going to be different here. On, well, they are going to be different here on this earth. The eternal consequences are the same. Mm. Separation from God because of my sin. And we love to categorize sin. God's like, sin is sin. Sin is separating. But listen, I know you're a sinner. knew you were a sinner before you ever even came into the world. I still love you. Still love you. And then we kind of laid it out, the highest form of his love. Jesus came mm. on the cross. He died for me and you. 
uh, you, Mr. I'm in prison because I murdered somebody. He died for you. Unbelievable statement. Yeah, and you say, I mean, unconditional love. Yeah, and and you ended that point saying, man, that that's strong. That is a strong statement. That's something that we can constantly look to and have well, as, hope in. Yeah, as the great national champion quarterback <laughs> at Florida State, Jameis Winston used to say, "We strong, Dan. We strong, Dan." And he was strong. Man, he was a great college quarterback. Didn't know, he didn't make the best decisions. I off didn't the know field, but, where you were going with that one. I don't. Yeah, I was a fan of Jameis. Yeah. I, I mean, he's playing really good this year. Had to get some things uh, worked out in his life, but uh, hopefully he's done that. And then you you kind of shift gears saying, you know, in Scripture we kind of get a picture of, of who we really are. Um, you know, yes, God loves us. He He knows knows us intimately. He wants to know us. He, he loves us unconditionally. Uh, but there is this, uh, we really know who we are. In verse 6, um, in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 uses the verbiage, when we were still without strength. So, um, and I know you had some things to say about that, that, uh, you know, that means that you and I don't have any strength on our own to improve our conditions. And I'm sure that that added some tension in people's heart when he said, it's not about what you can do. It's not you. Like we don't have the strength to improve our own condition. Paul, Paul never would win a popularity contest. (laughs) If if Paul were running for uh, president of the SGA at uh, Rome High School, he's not getting very many votes. I wonder uh, what their mascot would be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe the a gladiators, the gladiator, Rome gladiators. Like uh, it would be something that would. It wouldn't be a bear um, or a bobcat, as oh, my man. high school was. We had a stuffed bobcat sitting out in the cafeteria, and then. Every year, somebody would come along, and they would basically pull as much fur off the bobcat as possible. So we had a hairless bobcat. That was our mascot. Brought fear all across Tennessee. The hairless bobcat. The hairless bobcats. Uh, But here's Paul. Here's Paul, right? And Paul's just like, uh, hey, let let me tell you just how powerful his love is. Uh, He loves you, and he knows you can't help yourself. You know, he, he loves you and he knows that you're the exact opposite of him in which w- we read that and we're like, that's right, Brother Paul, you tell him, <laughs> preach to him, Brother Paul. And then I could see Brother Paul stopping saying, hey, Hoss, I'm talking yeah. to you too. Yeah. Uh, again, I just, it would be, it'd be awesome to be there and a fly on the wall when Paul's talking to everybody else, be, be sobering when he was dealing with us, but he doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches and he's talking about himself. This is who we all are. Uh, let me paint a picture just in case you're on your high horse and you think that you're somebody that you're not. Again, going back to the very point of uh, the gospel message. What is the gospel message? Uh, you're a sinner. Uh, try hard as you may. You will never be anything more than a sinner. Uh, you deserve judgment for your sin. And you can do everything in the world. You don't even have within you the power to do anything about your own sin. Uh, matter of fact, you're an enemy of God in your sin, yet God loved you anyway. Well, and verse 6 says it. Like, you know, we are ungodly. We are enemies of God. But, you know, verse 6 says Christ died for the ungodly. And even in verse 8, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And again, just a beautiful picture of the gospel. But I think, again, man, I go back to the... I, 
and maybe it's just my own brain like that you know we we do get on our high horse at church and we we say hey give us some really deep theology and go deeper in scripture and you know talk about all the hard subjects and talk about all these things that are going to really step on my toes but um man at the end of the day it it starts with having a understanding a true understanding about who we really are and what God is really doing for us and how he really works. And that does bring this excitement going, you know what? God does love me for who I am and I've given my life to him and I want to continue to pursue what he has. And I just, I think we forget it. I think we forget the simple things in scripture. I think we forget the simple thoughts and the simple things that uh, Christ tells us and scripture says about who he is and what he's done. Well, and the greatest doctrine in the world is empty and pointless apart from the gospel. Um, you yeah. know, doctrine doctrine is, hey, this is what we believe, and doctrine is what fuels how we live. It's a very dangerous situation whenever someone, all they want to do is talk doctrine, talk doctrine. And again, doctrine's strong. I mean, it's it's good. It's fun. It's very important. You got to understand, yeah, yeah. hey, here's what we, or here's what I believe. Here, here's the foundation. Uh, but doctrine that doesn't produce a change of life is faulty doctrine. You could argue whether it's truly, truly doctrine in every essence of the word. So, uh, there are folks that say, I just want to go deeper. Uh, let's go deep, man. Let's meet. And it's usually like this. Let's meet and let's drink uh, black coffee that we've harvested from Columbia. And uh, and then, you know, let's wear the uh, uh, unironed clothes and let's put, you know, have toboggans on in 85 degree weather. And we're drinking black coffee and we're hanging out and we're going deep. Let's go deep. I want you to challenge me. Okay, well. Oh, hey, sometimes us with the bald heads. Our well, heads yeah, cold. you know, we got to wear the toboggans. I hear you. I hear you. And, and, you know, for those of you who like to wear toboggans in Florida, you know, that. That's that's your own prerogative, right? But it it there's the, kind of this romanticism yeah. of a doctrine, man. We're just gonna we're gonna disciple and we're gonna great stuff. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you the best doctrine in the world. But here I'm I'm gonna put it in Pauline terminology. You stink, right? Uh, no matter how good you think you are. Uh, you are skabala, is what he says. The Greek terminology, skabala. Skabala means sewage. Uh, for sake of this podcast, to keep it <laughs> to keep it G-rated, I could not G-rated. even tell you what skabala really channel. means. Hey, when we were in seminary section. and we were in Greek class and we would play basketball and somebody would miss a shot, they would scream out skabala. Um. It's just, he's like, uh, yeah, hey, you on your best day, you're yeah. sewage yeah. compared to God, so, but he still loves you. Yeah, so you were, you were saying that, you know, we, we want to get into all these things. I, one, of my, one of the folks that's in the ministry that I lead is going to uh, a, a kind of a community thing, and he's, he's able to preach at this community thing. And uh, they, they announced him saying, hey, next week, this guy's going to be here, you know, come and support, you know, him. And somebody stopped him after that and said, hey, man, what are you going to preach on? And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to preach on the gospel. And this girl goes, but but what else? What else are you going to preach on? He goes, I'm, 
the gospel. Like I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. That's what I'm going to teach. He goes, yeah, but you got to be talking about something else. And he goes, no, I'm just going to talk about the gospel. Like, I, I, I think we, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I don't get why people think we have to always, well, no, the gospel is the gospel, right? Let, let me, let me track that. The gospel is the gospel. And I, I think we lose sight of that sometimes. And, well, and I think we lose sight of that when we think that the gospel only delivers us from sin mm, and, the, and, the, yeah. and the judgment thereof. Oh yeah, hey, the gospel tells me how to get saved. Right. So tells me how heaven can be my home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already responded to the gospel. What well, well, no. The, the the gospel is life transforming. You know, when we talked about we we talk about uh soteriology, uh, we talk about uh the doctrine of salvation. Right. And you know, Paul's been laying this out in these first few chapters. Hey, let's talk about uh let's talk about regeneration. Uh, our justification that happens the moment that you put your faith and trust in him let's talk about glorification that's the very day that i finally am in the very presence of the one who gave his life for me and i am now in, in the very form that jesus himself is in and so we're like yeah i can deal with that i can deal with the justification uh, it's like i've never even sinned and now uh, yeah absolutely i look forward to the day that i'm heaven and and we forget all about the sanctification yeah, yeah, process, yeah. and that's what the gospel does: daily making us into the image of Jesus. So, you your first point in the sermon, you know, if you if you paid along or paid attention and followed along, first point was you know God knows us and He loves us. The second point is again simple, and you stated it that Jesus Christ died for you. But you kind of you came at it with I didn't even alliterate. It's so hard for me not to alliterate because I alliterate. Yeah, everything. I'm, I'm looking at your notes, going, man, do I am I out of order? But I'm yeah, not. There's All a right. G. There's there a go. J. Yeah. Uh, well, good thing we have number one and number two, so I can follow along. But. You know, you went at it a, a little bit different. You kind of challenged us to think about this and the questions that you ask us on this point of Jesus died for you. You 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 challenged us saying, "All right, let's think about it this way: Who would you die for?" Or maybe put better, like who who would who would die for you? So that that question, "Who would you die for?" is a man. It, it causes some some self reflection there for a second. Yeah, it does. It's funny because when I was preaching this in the second service, uh, my family attends the the second service. So my wife is usually over there sitting where I sit before I come uh, on the stage to preach. And then I've got a 13-year-old son that's sitting over there with his buddies in the student area. and then our All student, paying attention very oh, diligently. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, in, in our student area, in our worship center, you know, there'll be 100 or so teenagers just packed in there. I mean, no socially distancing going on. But <laughs> but anyway, so so when when I answered the question, hey, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I really think, I, I with all I've got, I think I'd die for my wife. I really do. I think I would die for my for my kids, I was over on that side of the stage when I said that, and my 13 year old, without even you know doing, it, he just shook his head like, "Yeah, he'd die for me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just thought that was humorous. Yeah. So we, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think, well, not every man, but I mean, the guys that I know and hang out with, I think every guy would say, "Man, I, I yeah, I'd give my life for my my wife and my kids." And um, you know, we don't really. We don't really struggle with that. You know, we get outside of that area when we're like, oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. It used to be we would say this, I'd give my life for my country. And uh, we're known as a military church. We have a lot, a lot of military people here. And they have, man, when they 
when they uh, uh, enlist or when they serve, uh, that in essence, that's what they're saying. I give my life for for my country. You know, unfortunately, over the last several years and various things like that, there's a lot of folks that wouldn't even say that anymore. That I'd give my life for my country. Um, but the second question, yeah, to me is the sobering one. Yeah, which is who would die for you? And again, the the answer is like, man, he's already done it. He's already he's already died for us. He's already given his life. He already he sent Jesus. I wanted for to us. walk over. I wanted to walk over when I asked that question in front of my son and say, uh, uh, "Who would die for you?" Well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure my son would die for me. And I'm afraid. Oh, he'd shake his head no. So I'm just not. I'm not going to go over there. But uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 know who who the one is because he already has for you. Rotten, stinking, you, the murderer, you, the person who's a great moral individual, but still has self on the throne. Yeah, 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 he died for you. See, a lot of times we think that the hardest people to lead to Christ are the those that are bound in uh, immorality, those that are bound in poverty, uh, those that have had uh, terrible backgrounds and you know just wicked things have happened in their lives that those are the hardest ones to 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 win to christ and i would agree they are hard but i'm going to tell you some of the hardest people i've ever in my life tried to win to christ are those who had everything in the world going for them right they lived in big homes they had all kinds of money and it's like they were on top of the world and for them to come to the point where they would say i can't help myself they couldn't do it yeah and you you mentioned this you know he took our place and then you you said the churchy word the seminary word substitutionary atonement like christ died in our place um and then you you kind of started talking about the blood right You, you started talking about how churches are because of the blood of christ what he's done for us churches are are taking that word out of songs. They're not really talking about substitutionary atonement. They're not talking about uh, substitutionary blood atonement of Jesus Christ. They're removing that from their songs. They're removing that from their churches because it's old-fashioned or it's gross. But you kind of you kind of got passionate about that, and you even said it breaks your heart. So, yeah, there there has there has been a uh, uh, an attempt to sanitize. Mm. That's a good word. The 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 cross, uh, the the cross was anything but 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 sanitized. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was brutal. It was uh, uh, bloody. You know, um, we, w- you know, we even see depictions or we'll see pictures and all that, and it and it doesn't even begin to do justice to what happened on the cross, and not not just the physical. Suffering. I mean, you you just look at the physical within itself. Yeah. I mean, goodness, just how how horrible that was. But the worst part is the, you know, the spiritual yeah. taking on the sin of the world, and then the separation from God the Father. You know, for those three hours, God just you know, my, I'm not. No, I'm not going to look on. I'm not going to look on sin, and. uh I think that was you couple all that together. I don't know. Well, clearly, no one has ever experienced 
the kind of rejection and the kind of uh, suffering, um, the kind of pain uh, that our Lord and Savior did on the cross. And so for those who come along and, well, you know, we're, you know, blood, you know, our society's advanced today. They really don't like to think about blood or talk about blood. And, and, and of course, I'm like, well, how come every commercial for every new movie that I see is all bloody right. and stuff? But you know, well, you know, that ought not be that way in the church. People want to come to church and they want to leave church feeling good. Uh, yeah, awesome. Let's help them feel good. You know, we want them to feel good. The gospel is known as the good news. And what makes the good news the good news is, well, there's some bad news. Right. Um, and because of the bad news of us being sinners, not being able to help ourselves, right? Christ had to go to the cross. And it was horrendous. The pain, the rejection, yeah. again, the suffering, the price that he paid so that we could be forgiven. And so, I, yeah, I get a little, little bit uh, worked up and upset yeah. uh, over those. Well, we're just going to quit singing about the the blood. And then it causes me to react to say, oh, you know what? We're singing every song about the blood. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and then I kind of calm down a little bit. Okay, maybe yeah. not every song about yeah. the blood. But, um, yeah, quit trying yeah. to sanitize. Yeah. Uh, what was the brutal death of our Savior who who took our place? You know, th- this podcast is called the the unchangeable truth, and I mean, if you've if you've listened to this, I don't know how many episodes we're in forty two, thirty something, forty ish. You know, and the the common thread has been the truth of the gospel and. You know, so if you're listening along, man, just know that when you listen to this thing, you you will get the truth of the gospel, and that kind of brings us to our 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 third point. You know, point number one was God knows and loves you. Point number two is Jesus died for you, and, and again, point number three, very simple, something that we've heard our entire life. If you've been in the church, is Jesus wants to live in you. Um, so can you can you close us out with this point, Pastor Stephen? Um, Jesus wants to live within you. Yeah, again, that that goes back to that uh, that big theological word that we were throwing out there. That whole sanctification, yeah. in which if you're listening and you're like, uh, boy, I really would like to tomorrow when I'm eating with my friends, really seem as though I I know a lot more uh, theology than maybe I do. I want them to think that I'm this uh, just this unbelievably super biblically knowledged individual. Just throw that word out there. You know, yeah, man, I find sanctification sometimes to be kind of difficult. Uh, and, and that'd be cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, sanctification daily, daily becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And it's not a situation. I, I even made the comment that we um, we are not to be, uh, we're not to try to imitate Christ. And very quickly, I had somebody come and said, well, now hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. says right here in scripture, yeah. be imitators. So I was of, wondering if you were going to have somebody say something. Be imitators of Christ. And then it gave me a great opportunity to say, okay, you know how I say all the time, I interpret scripture contextually correct, which means I don't just pull a verse from here and a verse from here and build my own case. But instead, I have to ask, 
uh, who was writing this, what audience were they writing to, what was happening during that time, and then now what is the overarching principle that applies to all people at all times and in all situations. And so I said, hey, you got to take my sermon like that too, because uh, the point that I'm making in the sermon is if you in your own power, in your own ability, the words that Paul uses, in your own strength, if you're like, I'm going to imitate Jesus, you'll fail every time. Right. You can't. You can't. If you could imitate him in your own strength, you would have no need for him. Mm. And so, no, it's not me sitting there saying, you know, when Paul wrote Be Imitators of Christ, that was that was faulty. He shouldn't have written that. No, it's saying, hey, here's how we do imitate him through the power of his life or the Holy Spirit residing inside of us. It's that daily surrender. Um, you know, it's not, yeah, 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 yeah. I know Jesus is compassionate. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I don't know of anyone that's like, yeah, Jesus is compassionate. Nailed it. Got it. Right here. Yep. Know it. I've already made that decision. I'm going to be compassionate in my life. Yeah, be compassionate until some jerk or, you know, somebody does you wrong or cusses you out or something like that. And Just then, drive in Panama City for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, no, it's, it's, it's that daily, hourly, yeah. whatever it is, surrender. Okay, I know. I know you want me to be compassionate in this situation, but I'm telling you right now, Lord, they're, I'm getting ready to unleash it on them, and it's not going to be compassion. And, and I'm going to need your help, Lord. Help me help me through the power of your Holy Spirit to respond and react in a way that would show them the kind of compassion that you have for them. Uh, and that's, a, that's just a daily struggle. That's called sanctification. <laughs> And the longer I'm in Christ and the longer I'm in his word and the longer I'm surrendering to him, naturally, you're going to start getting it right more than you get it wrong. Um, but there won't be any of us in this flesh that will sit there and say, uh, yep, I'm imitator of Jesus. You want to know what Jesus looks like? Look at me. Uh, well, no. If anything, I would say, you want to know what the grace of God looks like? Look at my jacked up life. Yeah. And he loves me and sent his son to die for me. And he's changing me. And I want to be changed to be like Jesus. Right. But man, that is a, uh, uh, there was an old, old song long before your time, Ryan. Our, our producer probably listened to it on eight track tape in Ooh. his in his Camaro. Uh, with with, his, t- long, with, with his long flowing hair with, and his cut off shirts. But it, it went like this. Uh, One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Mm. <laughs> One day at a time. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's called sanctification. Well, you make this statement, you know, there are so many things in the Christian life that you can't do on your own, but Jesus in you can do it. So it's a matter of surrendering every moment to the, of your life uh, to Jesus that is in you. So, um, and then you say it like, it's not a, we have to go from this ego centered thing where it's like you know i'm i'm the center of the universe but having this understanding that jesus is the center of everything that we're doing as as he is sanctifying us as we are trying to uh, walk and grow in our salvation and fear and trembling uh, man it, it we can't do it but through the power of the holy spirit through the power of jesus we we can um i think that's just a great a, a great reminder you know this whole message has been a great reminder of 
of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what God has done for us. Just It's a great reminder to, to look at the well, gospel. And, and, and I would say this before we close. Uh, you know, the simplicity of this message. And again, I sit there and I struggle and I'm like, golly, I want to. I want to sound a little bit deeper than what this is going to sound. Well, in in your defense, like you were, you talked about this last week. You're like, man, here here's my notes. Like here's here's what here are the points, and it's simple, right? Like, right. But can I, that's what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is so simple. Now it's not cheap, right? It's right. not. Uh, don't don't let it rob God from glory. It is unbelievably out of this world. But it is so simple, uh, life transforming, uh, you know, changed the world, but so simple. And so I guess what I would say for anybody listening, whether you are a new follower of Jesus Christ, like a babe in Christ, or you've been you've been following Christ for many, many years, or maybe you're even listening to it and you're like, you know, I, I, I really don't even know what to think about this, this Jesus fellow. Uh, I would say this for those that know Christ, whether you've known him a few years or many, many years, uh, may your daily prayer be, uh, hey, God, uh, may, may I never get to where the gospel no longer moves me. Mm. Uh, may, I, may I always be in uh, awe of the gospel. Yeah. That if I ever get to the point where I'm like, yeah the gospel's cool that's good yeah the gospel was great may, may that never happen may, may it almost be like you can almost feel that in paul writing this saying because uh, if you put it in context it's it you know you could see him sitting there saying i still can't get over the fact he loves me right me I mean, he loves me. Well, he says many times, I, that is his joy in yeah. life. Like, that was his joy. Hey, I can't get over the fact that Jesus died for me. I can't get over the fact that Jesus <laughs> lives in me. Uh, and again, for those who are still trying to say, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm still searching. I'm thinking. I haven't made the decision to become a follower, a follower of Christ. The words that Paul writes here are a great promise for you yeah uh, i say this all the time but i'll even let it apply to this podcast the very you know uh, the very reason you found this podcast the very reason that you're even listening to this if we were in a court of law i would sit there and say exhibit a that god loves you you're listening to this and jesus died for you jesus wants to live in you not burdens, but blessings. And um, honestly, you, when you really get a grasp of just what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ, that is available to everyone who will believe. Uh, you, uh, you might have to take uh, you know, a couple of Benadryl to go to sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? You just, wow, I can't. Get, I, I, see Paul, I see Paul writing this, almost tossing his pen up in the air, or, you know, dictating yeah. it to somebody writing it, you know, just like, my goodness, g- give me just a minute here. I got, whew, I, got I just, <laughs> man, he died yeah. for me. He just, yeah. I can even see, you know, I mean, again, please don't, this is not biblical or extra biblical or anything. I just kind of have this weird picture of, you know, Paul probably saying over and over again, he died for me. He died for me. Okay, Paul, I got that one. I've already written that one down, Paul. Yeah, but he died for, I know, Paul, I, yeah. we got that one. We yeah. We're listening in every chapter. He died for you. We got, but here's a guy 
who's like, I just can't get over the fact of what he did in my life. And he offers that to anyone who'll believe. Well, and you close it out. You know, you told us if we could just get a hold of this and we can hang air, hang in there with it, we can understand it, believe it, that man, we'll walk out of the room shouting for joy. So I think, you know, I will, we'll close it with that, that, you know, may we never forget the amazing blessings of God. May we never forget what he's done for us. May we never forget the gospel. May we always look to Jesus and everything. May we always look to him uh, who who has given us salvation and life. May we never lose that joy because of what he's done. So Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you to our producer. Thank you for listening. As always, you can submit your questions to podcast at highlandpark.org and we will see you next week. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www.highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D-P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.